Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here. And today we are doing March 15th. And today's quote from the inspirational calendar is so short and sweet. It's even more awesome. It's very powerful. You ready? Do it for you, not for them. <laughs> we can have a whole day on boundaries talking about that. And also motivation. And I think one of the biggest, biggest things about that quote in recovery is when we've impacted relationships and we've hurt people, we can't recover to show them that we can recover. You can't do it to be like, oh, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. Here you go. This is what you asked for. It doesn't work that way. So if you're thinking about it, it doesn't work that way. If your spouse is making you go to GA meetings, you can't go to the meetings just because they sent you. You need to go to the meetings and listen and do the work and and start your journey for you not for them. And I often see a lot of times it starts out with going for them. You want to save the marriage. You're afraid. You know, you're in debt. You're overwhelmed. You're, you've are you lied so long. I mean, I just got such a sad, such a sad email uh, over the last couple of days where someone just found out her husband was gambling. He's over 80 grand in the hole and they don't even know where to begin. You know, the wife is, I got, I got the note from the friend of the wife and it's just, it's devastating. And if he goes into the program to do it to salvage the marriage, it's not going to work that simply. He has to do it because he wants to address the addiction and take care of himself and have a better life. Then if they can work it out after, then that's the way it's going to be. I've seen so many times and it makes me freaking nuts because even people in our group will do it like they're recovering for our sake and they want the you know the accolades and the attention but we can tell they're not really recovering for them so then it becomes bullshit essentially now it's not a fault thing right we're we're addicts and that's the way our brains work <laughs> we're we're manipulative we don't see things we don't want to see which is why I preach about self-awareness all the time and listening when people call bullshit on us. Like that could be one of the biggest gifts you can get. So if you have people around you that will call bullshit on you, keep them close. It will be very helpful to yourself. Okay, what's today's reading says? Janet P., I told that little five-year-old living inside of me how courageous she is and what a great job she did surviving. It was an important turning point in my recovery. Since addiction and codependency often run in families, it's likely we had some unmet needs as children. Some of us had absent or abusive parents. Some of us grew up in poverty. Others grew up in a place that looked and seemed normal on the outside, but was very wrong on the inside. We can't run from our past or deny what happened. Doing that, we risk repeating the same behavior in our adult relationships. As recovering people, we need to learn how to be our own nurturing parents. We need to love and protect the child who still lives within us. We need to speak to that child with encouragement and acceptance and trust. We're in charge now and can give ourselves what we need to help our spirits blossom and grow. 
We can't change the past, but now we can change the future. Today, help me replace negative self-talk with words that a kind and loving parent would say to a beloved child. Okay, I'm going to do my best to not get emotional on this because just reading it is making me shake, actually. So this is the cornerstone of a lot of my work, my individual work. I didn't know I was doing this until a lot of soul searching and a lot of the events of the last year. But my self-talk, although it wasn't on the surface, it was, it was somewhere, was how can I possibly be worth it? How can I possibly be loved completely? How can I possibly be fulfilled? How can I possibly be a good person, a worthy person, if one of my parents totally didn't acknowledge my existence or chose other things or other people over me? Especially when I would surround myself, especially with men that were really, really good fathers. And they would do nothing less than put their life on the line for their own children. They did everything. And I still I still have so many friends and people like this that they put their children before them. So if I don't have a parent that does that... The damage that did was that I, I grew up believing I wasn't worth it. And I didn't know that until, until lately. And not only was that not true, I had to identify that. For me, what I needed to do to heal was to almost forgive that. No, I had to forgive that because he was an addict too. So if you're a parent out there and you need to know what impact your addiction does or has, it can kind of mess somebody up for a really long freaking time. Now, I'm not telling you this as, as an excuse for my behavior or my addiction. I'm telling you this as a point of reflection that I didn't even know I needed to figure out for so long. And that's where my gratitude comes from. Because I, I did figure it out. And hopefully, there's either... Someone who has been in that situation that's hearing that now or someone who is a parent that can make a difference and change the trajectory of someone's whole life. Now, for me, it worked out, right? Because I have this understanding about myself and about other people. And 
I have the courage, although it doesn't feel that way on some days, to talk about this and share it with you. Woo! Um, wow, I really didn't see this coming. Um, so I have to switch gears because I'm going to lose my shit if I don't. So the moral is that this lady, the quote in the beginning said that it all changed for her when she went back and talked to her inner child. And I'm not a psychologist. I have been on the receiving end. This is, this is very prevalent in different therapies and different groups and different recovery conversations. And it's not even just for the addicts. It's just, it's for people to feel good and whole. And, and that's why I can tell you with so much conviction that you're worth it. We're all worth it. And we have to take away that power from those other people that make us think that we're not because they're wrong. Who the fuck are they to dictate to us whether we're worth it or not? And if you're out there and you're in, in a relationship because that's the other thing. You you can think about this from a parent or a child standpoint, but if you're in one of those relationships and you're not treated with the most dignity and respect and value that you deserve, that's not the relationship for you because it's going to continue to keep you thinking you're not worth it. I I could... I could give you such a list of examples of what that looks like, but I think you know. I think you know if you're listening. You have a little eh in your in your gut right now that's connecting to this conversation going, "Fuck. Why do I why do I let him stay out all night and not not communicate with me? Why do I let him pick his friends over me? Why why is she at work more than she is with me and showing me love and attention? Whatever those things are, I think you know it in your gut. I think what you don't know is that you're very, very capable of making a new decision and having a new life and knowing and understanding your life and your value. And if it means going back, whether you want to do this through meditation, which that was one of the places that I had done it this year. Uh, There was a lady, Bianca from Spain, who's in one of my classes, and she took us through this money journey. And we went back to looking at our kid and at ourselves as a child and how, how, did we perceive money at those different stages of the game? Let's say, just hypothetically, that, well, it doesn't even have to be hypothetically. Here's, here's where I landed. And I get really uh, confused about memories and perceptions. So I give myself some grace with that. It's just my perceptions. But Two of the things, two of the, the, the beliefs that I have about my childhood and money, for example, that I think contributed 
to my gambling. I'm going to walk us through this, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but there was two things. One was that whenever we got birthday money or Christmas money, it always disappeared. I think, I don't know this for a fact, but I think Bob stole it. I think he used it to use. The other thing I remember is getting a Kool-Aid Man Atari game for Christmas. And it took me many years to figure this out. My mother would collect the rebates and do the things. And I'm, we were on social assistance. Like we get pickles every year for Christmas. And back then it was because food stamps could buy pickles. This is what I think today. And she may hear me and correct me or she may just ignore this because this is a hot topic. But she was doing the absolute best she can. So fast forward into an adult, into someone who's trying to have a relationship with money, even though I didn't know I needed to have a relationship with money. If I thought, if I drew the correlation that I wasn't worthy of having money because it disappeared, like I can remember asking for it after, right? So this is, this is pre-recovery even. Like why did he take our money? You know, why did he not pay child support? So I must not be worthy of money. I must not be worthy of being taken care of, right? These are the things that we think about or I thought about based on these actions. And it was the same. Mom was doing her best. She she was doing everything to make sure our Christmas mornings were amazing. I didn't have the latest and greatest And I still don't want the latest and greatest. And I can have such a big appreciation. But at the end of the day, is there somewhere rooted inside of me once I figured out that we got pickles because you go buy them with food stamps. And like I said, maybe I'm wrong. This is just my perception. But once I figured out that she was doing the best she can, I developed so much respect and, and just admiration for what she did for us. That's what parenting is. That's what a good parent does. They let us know we're worth it. She was letting us know we were worth it by doing whatever she needed to do to make sure we had a nice Christmas morning. That was not necessarily his intent. So this premise of going back, and if I figured this out and was able to talk to my six-year-old self, eight-year-old self, whatever, and be like, hey, his actions had nothing to do with your value. They just didn't. It had nothing to do with me. Does your addiction have to do with anybody else? I'm guessing not. It has to do with our own wounds. And I didn't even know this was a wound until recovery. So that's where I'm grateful for my journey is because now I do know that and I can fix that. And I could tell that little girl that she was loved. She was loved by her mother. She was loved by, you know, other family members. The San Angelo's like totally kicked it up a notch. Um, mom's, mom's family was just freaking phenomenal. And they took care of us and, and helped. And it was, you know, the take a village mentality. So I have so much to be grateful for, but we have to, We have to acknowledge what we need to acknowledge to heal. 
And I am going to hang up now because I totally did not mean to get all this crazy. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little insane. I don't know that I've ever said all of this quite this way out loud. So um, I hope you give it some food for thought. I hope you know that you're worth it. And I hope that if you need to make decisions about the relationships you're in and how they impact you and your addiction, I hope that you can find your inner brave and and start thinking about that and doing what you need to do to protect you in your life. That's what I got. What do you do?